you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, what's up? Hey, before you get to your show, you have to check out the R&B Podcast. I'm Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. We talking everything. We're talking free agency. We're talking retirement. We got yeah. Calvin Johnson. Hayden Manning. Who's everything. better, him or Tom? Is Calvin better than Moss? Man, it's a real deal conversation. They better hear your comment. They better hear your, your responses. Man. Hey, it's a Don't good show. Don't get in trouble, Nate. Make sure you check out the RB <laughs> Podcast, iTunes, and obviously, check us out on YouTube. Everything, man. And write a review. It's the RB Podcast. It's a Podcast. movement. Oh, you fantasy freaks and geeks. We got a little Friday edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Kill here with the Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gelhar and MG, my guy Marcus Grant. It's free agency frenzy. 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 We were so swept up in the frenzy, we decided to slink back into Studio 66 <laughs> or whatever the hell we're calling this place these days and record another podcast. Yep. It's, uh, it's a bonus edition. Uh, we will be back, of course, Tuesday, but uh, on this Friday, beautiful Friday for your weekend. A lot of stuff happening in free agency, man. And a lot honestly, of stuff. You know, it's, so, it's so funny, man. Somebody hit me on Twitter and asked me, hey, do any of these free agent moves, you know, fancy, you know, tickle your fancy in regards to fan? I'm like, yeah, obviously, all of them. All of them. I love it all. <laughs> Uh, but, no, we will be talking about some of the uh, top free agency signings. Uh, Doug Martin, Lamar Miller, Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, of course, come to mind. He we mentioned will... Chris Ivory. <laughs> I will get to those moves as well. Uh, mo- the Chris Ivory move more as it, it pertains to TJ Yeldon, by the way. Uh, but, uh, but we will get to those things. Spoiler alert. So I was, I was jotting down some notes on all the moves before we came up here. I was going to wait and save this until we actually talked about Ivory, but I wrote one word next to Chris Ivory on my notes. Dead. <laughs> he is, he is dead. dead. Uh, you could put Jag next to him if Jag. you would like. That's Just weird. a guy. You mean as in Jacksonville they, Jaguar? Oh, David, a Jag in Jacksonville. David James Elliott? Uh, no. All right, let's get to our top, top headlines. we got a lot to pound out today. Yes, we do. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. 
because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. It has been active in the state of Florida. Between Miami, Tampa Bay, and Jacksonville, a lot of things happening. But how about this? Miami extending a four-year, $18 million offer to C.J. Anderson. The Broncos have uh, four days now to match. Four days left? They had uh, five. Uh, originally. They five, had five so yesterday. Now they're four. So, yes, they have four now. All right. So if he gets down – look, when Lamar Miller went to Houston, a lot of folks started getting real excited about J.J. I know Adam Rank was big on that J.J. train. He was getting hyped up. And then the C.J. Anderson, the C.J.A. signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the Broncos are going to match that one. Uh, their cap space right now in dire straits. Um, obviously, with Peyton Manning, you know, uh, heading off into the sunset, it does free up quite a bit of room. But man, I tell you, I'd be surprised if the Broncos pony up that kind of cash. Uh, that was totally unintentional. Um, <laughs> by the way, pony up that cash. Uh, the Broncos pony up that cash to get to keep uh, retain the services of C.J. Anderson. I'd be surprised. So then who are they going to pony up cash to keep, though? Von Miller. I mean, yeah. I I would like them to extend the offer to CJ. I don't know that they will since it seems their whole intent was to not spend money on him. So I Right. That's what I'm saying. Which is sad because he's hashtag good. No, I'd rather no. have him stay in Denver than go to Miami. Uh, I think there's I think there's a few other, you know, free agent running backs that could be out there that that I don't know. If they're I mean, if they're really? making a ch- if they're making a championship push. Um, for this year, I don't. What's uh, what's the status of Larry Garrett Blunt? He's still out there, right? Oh, gross! I, I'm not saying. Look, <laughs> like, I'm not saying no, he's like, a good player. He is you know this is basically who's available at this point? It's Ronnie Hillman, who's an unrestricted free agent. James yeah. Starks, an unrestricted unrestricted free agent, and then Garrett Blunt and Reggie Bush. I, like no, that. No. CJ Anderson is Sean best, Drone. He's the like, best one out there. But I no, I totally agree with you. But what I'm saying is, from a salary cap standpoint, and from what this team wants to get done. Um, I, I look, LeGarrette, is LeGarrette Blunt a good player? No. But if you give LeGarrette Blunt and Ronnie Hillman, you could get both of those guys for less than what you're going to pay CJ Anderson. You, that's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just rely on the arm of Mark Sanchez, who oh, they traded for today no, as well. Oh, that's not good. Uh, this okay. team is making me so sad from fantasy right now. A little bit. I mean, two a years little ago, bit. they were an offensive juggernaut. Now, I know what happened. They are the sads. Life moves fast, man. I mean, I, I, somebody needs to crying Jordan the Broncos. <laughs> oh, didn't you? The J.J. Zacharyson crying Jordan, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius, Demarius Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, they got, oh they got crying God. Jordan. Um, all right, so another piece of news. How about Johnny Manziel waved by the Browns, RG3 visits the Jets, and Sanchito traded to Denver. I think the Sanchito news is, is at least interesting. What does it mean for someone like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? I I think it actually helps. Look, honestly, I do believe it helps Demarius Thomas. I do. I think I think how (laughs) I think volume. I think tunnel vision. uh, I I think that's I I think that will help Demarius. But Sanchez is not an accurate uh, timing based guy. I think that will hurt Emmanuel Sanders big time. Well, I I mean, Mark Sanchez, I, I, I have faith in him to throw the bubble screen. 15 times a game, so I guess that does help uh, Demarius Thomas a little bit. There you go. Um, just, again, I remember last year, midway through the year on Fantasy Live, I said, uh, you know, it was like a bold prediction for the rest of the season. Yes. I said to trade all of your Broncos and get as many Jaguars Jags as possible. possible. Right, People right. kind of laughed at me when I said that, but now... Like it's not it's not even a question. Like no. this is the thing. You go, oh no. You, we're gonna see plenty of Jags go off the board early between, you know, the Allen brothers. Yes. With uh, you know, Bortles up there, with you know, even Brian. Julius Thomas Julius is Julius Thomas is there. Uh, you know, at least Yeldon and Ivory would probably get drafted. Yeah. Um Absolutely. 
I mean, I guess Thomas and Sanders go fairly high, kind of. And then what? And then what? Why? <laughs> and then what? Then what? Because on name value, people will take them yeah. on name value I alone. I agree. I mean, that's, that's why my role. This podcast is just incredulously <laughs> ask questions. Denver is one of those marquee franchises that uh, everyone knows around the league. Demarius Thomas and, um, you know, still riding off his reputation from a couple of years ago, I think will still get drafted pretty high. Emmanuel Sanders has been extremely productive and uh, and I think people will 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 buy uh, will buy that stock still. I do believe. But uh, but yeah, man. I don't, man. What is Denver? I don't know. Denver's in trouble. Off from an offensive standpoint, they're in trouble. I mean, the defense. I know they were good, but even then, they've lost pieces. They they better be really good next year. All right, all right, Denver Bronco fans. Hope you guys are getting excited about uh, Mark Sanchez and Legarrette Blunt. Maybe Colin Kaepernick. They're hard <laughs> to be trading for him, so we shall see. The frenzy is not over yet. No, it is not. Uh, no, it is not. All right, how about the New England Patriots? Uh, they are likely to extend, or they may have even they have. They officially did. extended, yes, I think, uh, an offer to Chris Hogan. Um, and the Bills can match, yes? Uh, they, they apparently can. are not going to, though. It, yeah. it appears that he is going to be a Patriot. Okay, so there you go. I don't know if that has any fantasy implications. I don't know. It might. Come on, Chris Hogan think. in New England? That has all kind of fantasy implications. <laughs> This dude's going to catch 150 <laughs> passes for, like, 1,100 yards. No, he's not. He's going to catch. No, he's not. He's going to catch a million <laughs> passes, but each pass, each, each reception is going to be, like, 3.7 yards. He's not going to catch a lot of anything. 7-11. He might, he might catch a cold. <laughs> I mean, you when know. When Julian Edelman gets hurt in week seven. That's true. Okay. Okay, now Chris we're Hogan talking. rides to the rescue. It's Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Gronk, and um, Chris Hogan. I don't believe, I don't believe, brother, the Hulkster is going to get work, brother. <laughs> that was a really bad. All right. Uh, all right. Oh. I'm sorry. We've got to call a spade a spade. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think this is huge. This isn't a huge fantasy story either way. No. Like, unless it's he, um, it's you know, unless there's an injury. It's a nothing. But uh, Chris Hogan, he's he's a good player, and uh, he's just a role player, though. So. He'll be, look, I, I agree with you. When Julian Edelman gets hurt, and, and we know he will. Uh, he will be a hot waiver wire pickup. There's no question. Chris Hogan will be for sure. All right. So those are your top headlines. Uh, I-, I wanted to start the free agency chatter by by basically just throwing out this topic here. What is the move that you are the most excited about? Dot dot dot. Alex Gelhar. Oh, you were gonna start with me. Yeah, man. Well, big one on the because there's so many. Big one on the surface. Um, Lamar Miller, ob- obviously, obviously. But I wanted to bring one other one up because okay, I don't know if I'm it's I'm the most excited about. But I'm the most intrigued about. Ooh. And that is Kobe Fleener going to the Saints. Whoa. Because not a big fan of Kobe Fleener. He has not been that great. He's not lived up to his draft potential and size and all those things thus far in his in the early portion of his career. Okay. However, this is one of those situations where he has talent, he hasn't put it all together, but he's going to an offense where there's going to be tremendous opportunity. The Saints, through the Jimmy Graham era and beyond, have thrown on average like 132 targets a year to their top tight end. Not all tight ends on the roster. Right. Their top tight end. That's a huge amount of volume. That's that, unbelievable. That Kobe Fleener is going to inherit now. Now, okay, I know what the, the podcast listeners are going to be thinking. They're thinking, well, I mean, the era had a lot of Jimmy Graham in it. Yeah. But, but Ben Watson ben last Watson year was still it. very productive last year. And, and what I, you know, with that much volume and becoming the red zone guy because, you know, Willie Sneed and Brandon Cooks are fantastic wide receivers, they're not, they're not mossing anybody in the end no. zone. 
Absolutely That's, that's going to be Fleener territory. Anytime they get near that goal line or inside that 20, that's going to be Fleener territory. And I need to look into it more. I got to go back and watch his tape. But, like, the opportunity is there for Kobe Fleener. And I hate that those words are tumbling out of my mouth. <laughs> but that's why I said I'm so intrigued by it. Like, this okay. move has me wanting to w- go back and rewatch Kobe Fleener. Oh, wow. I mean, you know what's going to happen, too? He, he He's going to be drafted pretty high. And then it's going to be Michael Hooman. Josh Hill, baby. Josh Hill, baby. King uh, of the Hill. So um, I'm, I'm just so confused. I'm so. Is confused Josh Hill curious. still going to be on the roster? I, I think so. You think? Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's a. Oh man. Why wouldn't he be? Well, because I mean, you have three tight ends. I mean, that seems extraneous. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they run two tight end sets out there. You know what I mean? But it's like not- Michael Huamanawanui is not. I mean, I know he catches passes occasionally, but that's not necessarily his bag. Right. That's not his bag. No, that's not his deal. It's so, 100% not his deal. You know, By the way, I'm not drafting Kobe Fleener. I, I, lo- I, uh, I love the numbers. Like I said, I don't even know if I'm drafting Kobe Fleener. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> All right. I mean, they did, they did give him some money. But, so. yeah, otherwise, Lamar Miller, though, this just makes too much sense. It in, does. In Houston, they it desperately does. needed a future back after cutting ties with Arian Foster after injuries got the best of him. Uh, Miller averaged just shy of 16 fantasy points per game last year when he had 15 or more touches. Uh, this was a fun stat that I looked up as soon as Miller got signed. Uh, in Bill O'Brien's coaching career with the Houston Texans, he's given 15-plus touches to his one running back, whether it's Alfred Blue, Chris Polk, or Foster, Okay. in 26 of the 32 regular season games he's coached. And then you take into effect that some of those six games were when he had that hodgepodge, that terrible hodgepodge of Alfred Blue, Jonathan Grimes, and Chris Polk last oh, year. Sure. We're like... They all had their roles, but nobody was the feature guy. You're like, this seems destined for Miller to come in and get his 15 to 20 touches a game. I like it. I like it a lot. And it's so funny, man. The Houston offense last year I thought was just an absolute train wreck. And now I don't know if they're I, – I, look, they're better, obviously, but I don't know how much better. But I tell you what, man, it is so intriguing down, down there in H-Town. Is it not? Nuke Hopkins, Lamar Miller, Brock Osweiler? Like as long as Brock can replicate – what Hoyer did last year, maybe on a more consistent basis. Right. This could be uh, – like Miller and Hopkins will be great fantasy assets. Osweiler's really only a streamer still. They've got to protect the ball. Um, that defense is still – you know, if they can put it all together, the defense is going to be fine, obviously. Um, and, and from an offensive standpoint, man, like you look at this trio of Brock Osweiler, all he's got to do is protect the ball a little Which – is a worry for him because this is from uh, Kian Fahey on Twitter. He's a good follow. Uh, and he just wrote like an ebook about quarterback, quarterbacks, but he tweeted this out. Osweiler last year was 22nd in accuracy, 27th in interceptable passes, and interceptable pass rate, and 33rd in terms of interceptable passes that were caught. So okay. those, those aren't great numbers when no, they it comes not. to protecting the ball. So uh, No, they are not. However, on the plus side, if you're going to be an optimist like I like to be, uh, Bill O'Brien is a noted quarterback guru. That's true. So now if he saw enough that he thinks he can mold, you know, Brock Osweiler into the passer that his offense needs, well, we'll give him a shot. We shall see. We shall see. All right, MG Marcus Grant, uh, move you are most excited about dot, dot, dot. Um, well, I'm going to kind of follow Gelhar's lead here. Okay. Ladarius Green to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, I like. I mean, this is the guy that we've been kind of pining over for a few years now, and everybody, a few years. Everybody looks at his athleticism and his ability to kind of, you know, to kind of be that that coveted move tight end that everybody yeah, wants in their offense. And of course, he was always stuck behind Antonio Gates there in San Diego. So now with Heath Miller not in Pittsburgh, Ladarius Green goes there. 
has that athleticism still, and people aren't going to really be scheming for him because, I mean, who do you stop? How do you do that? Yeah, exactly. You got Le'Veon Bell when yep. he's back and healthy. You got Antonio Brown. Yep. You got Martavis Bryant. Hello. You have Marcus Wheaton. Hello. Um, yeah, nobody's really going to be paying attention to Ladarius Green in the no. middle of the field. So, I mean, I think this is the potential for him to really do good things. Even even last year, I mean, the times when Antonio Gates wasn't there, Ladarius Green showed he could be productive. Now he's in arguably the most dynamic offense in the National Football League. I think only good things can come from this. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Um, I don't know if I believe this, but does Ladarius Green I, – look, I love his size-speed combination – but he's got no chemistry right now, right, with Ben Roethlisberger. We know that. But let's say in the preseason he starts to develop a little bit of that uh, that chemistry. Mm-hmm. And we know about Marcus Wheaton's role already. All right, so forget about Ladarius Green and Marcus. But do but the combination of those guys, how much does that eat into Martavis Bryant's production? Into Martavis Bryant? I mean, this is going to be – this is one of those cases where if everybody stays healthy, this is going to be an offense like the – It's going to be stupid good. Stupid like the, the 2011 Packers, where it's like everybody's putting up gaudy numbers, but you just have to pick the right one on the right week kind of thing. Um, you know, or the, the 2013 Broncos kind of thing. I, I don't like Mar- the Martavis Bryant of it all is, is curious because you know, they were playing Marcus Wheat more often, often than him down the That's stretch. That's what I'm there. saying, man. So it's curious. I don't know. I think my fear, I love Ladarius Green. That Steelers offense is explosive. They've uh, they've thrown fa- Todd Haley's thrown a fair amount of uh, targets towards his his tight ends while he's been there around like fourteen fifteen percent. But my fear is that Ladarius Green, being the fantasy darling that he is in the Pittsburgh offense, is going to get so overdrafted. Yeah, like the price on him is going to skyrocket. I would agree as the offseason goes along, and I think I would. Might end up wanting to wait on a guy like Kobe Fleener. It's just seven, <laughs> seven, seven, it all, seven. It all comes back. Seven rounds later. Well, like, imagine it. Imagine like Darius Green climbs into like the sixth or seventh round. Or something. Oh God, no! And then I'm, you're sitting there. You're so, God, no! You're sitting there with one of your last two picks. Like, sure, Kobe Fleener. Say it ain't so. Like seriously. Yeah. Could, no, no, you're right. That high. No, no, think, you're think right. about think about where Travis Kelsey went last year. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey was going in like round five. Yeah, that's yeah. Insane. But see, yeah. here's the thing. I, Here's what I why I hope it won't be that way. Okay. Last year we made such a big deal about a lack of depth at the tight end position. Yeah. And you know, just a couple days ago, Michael Fabiano wrote. I thought I thought made a good point. You can find the column on NFL.com that with some of the moves we've seen, yeah, you've got more tight ends kind of taking over in different places, which adds some depth. I mean, you've got obviously you know Gronk. And, you know, Kelsey and Olsen and, and, you know, guys like that. The Barnyard Dog Bed. Yeah, I was going to say, don't disrespect, uh, you know, this podcast's number one fan. (laughs) My bad. My bad. But now, you know, Ladarius Green's in Pittsburgh. Kobe Fleener is in New Orleans. Fleener going to New Orleans means that Dwayne Allen is pretty much by himself in Indianapolis. Antonio Gates, you know, who certainly is, you know, old as anything. Um, but he is the guy in San Diego, so now and there Phillip are Rivers more. Loves him some game, right? So there are more guys, you know, in better situations across the board. So hopefully that depth means that people aren't just rushing to go get a tight end early. Now. Yeah, it's because it's interesting too, man. Like you know, Jordan Reed just went. Cray-cray. Jordan Reed, another name that I uh, just know. went cray cray on the back half of the season. So. Um, you know, how high will he get? I don't know. I mean, he's an injury risk, obviously. If he plays 16 games, I, I would be absolutely stunned. But, uh, but yeah, it's it, – gosh, if I hope Laddie Green's value doesn't skyrocket into the 6 or 7. That would, that would, I'd be disappointed. It's I would going be. to. 
Yeah, you probably get ready. Because then, like on the flip <laughs> side, though, Marcus, like you said, maybe there being so many won't force people to draft them early. Or on the flip side, it starts a run on tight ends in round four or five, and then everybody's like, "Whoa, I gotta get mine now, quick!" So, yeah, you might be. They right. jump on everybody. I I do think though that this move will have an impact on Martavis Bryant. I, the more I th- I, I kind of like look at the numbers and, and look at his role in that offense, I love the upside of Martavis Bryant, but man. It's going to be hard to draft him given his price. It really will be. I, I don't know if you're going to see value uh, drafting a Martavis Bryant. Cause where where, did, where would you take him? See, well, here's where I think he's going to. I think he goes in the in the fifth round. I wonder if people are going to have soured, like just like you're saying. Like I don't think you're alone in that sentiment. And he'll he'll slip a little bit because there's the what if factor and Lev be, Lev Bell being healthier, Laddie Green being there, Antonio Brown you know, vacuuming up 200 targets a season. I think the Marcus Wheaton thing was was really disturbing and in terms too. of, you know what I mean? So, oh gosh, I don't know. I, I tell you what, if I could get him, in, if I could get an upside guy like that in the seventh round, okay, I'll do it. I guess I'd do it. Sure. Why not? Just see what happens. It's it's. But even then, even at that price, it's you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to work out. Yeah. Uh, we will have to wait and see. All right, how about the uh, the other top? I mean, there's so many, there's so much running back. Wait, who is yours? Oh, James. the mo- the move I'm most excited about. Yeah, um, you got to get in on this fun. Sure, why not? Travis Benjamin to the Chargers. Interesting. I think it's a Interesting. great. Well, because uh, it's it, it, very few times do you get a player with a skill set and then a good fit. You see what I'm saying? With Antonio Gates and with Keenan Allen there in San Diego. They're going to be eating a lot of those underneath targets. Travis Benjamin, if we know anything about the guy, he is a home run hitter. Yeah, absolute home run hitter. And Phil, and the thing about Philip Rivers too, he, he likes going deep. Um, they have a clear need for a guy to go deep. Travis Benjamin is one of the premier deep threats uh, in this game. I get really excited about it because I think his draft price will be super super low as well. And I think he will pay dividends, no doubt about it. I, I'm really circling his name uh, come draft time. I really think he's got tremendous upside there uh, in San Diego. I like Philip Rivers, uh, the, what he, the skill set uh, that Philip Rivers has in connection with what Travis Benjamin has as well. I, I, I think there's some, I think there's some potential upside there. He could really, really have a nice year uh, there in San Diego. That's the move I'm most excited about. If I had to pick a second one, Marvin Jones. Why not? The guy from Cal. <laughs> wow, <laughs> surprise. Surprise, surprise. I, you know, I wrote what? That uh, I think his upside is is at most 1,200 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. I think I think 11 – first of all, I'm putting I, – I just putting in everybody on notice here. Marvin Jones is my March 1,100 guy for sure. Woo! Uh, next year. Wow, that's a, big, that's a big statement in March. Call, calling that in March I know. 11th. March 11th. <laughs> hey, it's fitting. March 11th. I like the it. March to 1,100 is Marvin Jones. It's uh, Marvin Jones, man. I think he's going to get to 1,100 next year uh, or at the very least get very, very close to it. Man, uh, this is like – you know, normally your, your last two March to 1,100s, I have been fully behind you. Okay. This one, I it don't know, It was DeAndre man. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins who crushed. Was, was easy. And look, last year, Dante Moncrief when was you, a disaster. But when you called it, it made all the sense in the world. <laughs> it really did. Okay. It made all the sense all in right. the world. This one. Not so sure, huh? I'm not so sure on okay. this one. I mean, I, I look I look last year, career highs uh, with you know, 65 catches, 816 yards. Those are career highs there. I think he gets slightly better. But when I say slightly better, I mean, you know, 75 catches. 
you know, maybe nine fifty, a thousand yards. Oh, he's going to get to eighty catches. That's I, I think that's an easy one. I, for me, I, I look at his role in that offense, and I just I don't. I, who else is going to really take looks? Well, no, it's, it's not even about that though. It's it's really that this offense is going to have to find itself again without Calvin Johnson. I mean. Whenever Matt Stafford got in trouble, yeah. you knew Bail he it was up. going to heave it up oh, in, yeah. the, in the direction Go get of number him, Megatron. 81. Number 81 was going to bail him out more often than not. Yeah. And he doesn't have that security blanket there. And, and now, you know, defenses, you don't have that cheat code that you've got to try to defend against it's every true. single week. And so I just I worry about that. I think I think Marvin Jones is a good number two wide receiver. I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what the Lions do in the draft because I think they still go out and find somebody else to try to be that game breaker. I just don't think Marvin Jones. <sighs> you know, I, I will say this: can I can I give myself an out? Of course, they, I mean, it's March eleventh. Yeah. We're not uh, holding you uh, to if it. Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam Rank was here; he'd be so upset. <laughs> Let me give myself an out if they go draft a guy like Josh Doxson or or uh, Laquan Treadwell. Mm-hmm. Then when the targets get split up a little bit, then, then maybe I'm, I, you know, I'm going to be more hesitant. But as of right now, if they don't go wide receiver, because they have so many needs, man. They have so many needs. Um, and if they don't go get a guy like Laquan Treadwell, um, I, I, I like it. I like his fit in this offense a lot, a lot. Um, I don't believe Eric Ebron is going to be a guy that's going to be stealing too many looks, obviously. Um, and, and Golden Tate, very nice player. No, I, I like what I see in Golden Tate. There's no question. But Marvin Jones is more of a field stretcher guy. And his hands, man, this dude can catch a ball. Um, and so for me, I, I just like the skill set. I like his role in that offense. And, and the thing about J.B. Cooter's offense, they were throwing it more. Were they not in the back half of the offense? I think that allowed Matt Stafford to get a little bit more comfortable. They were. They were more aggressive in their approach with J.B.C., throwing, throwing downfield a little bit more and attacking secondaries with Calvin Johnson and Tate, but yeah, it could work. I think you should just own up to it. (laughs) I'm just doing it right now? No, I already put it out on Twitter. Okay, sweet. I like it. Okay, let's go. Let's go, Twitter. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, How about Doug Martin? He's back with the Bucks. That's a good move for everybody involved. Yay. That's good for everybody involved. I agree with that. Matt Forte to the Jets. Um, I didn't really like it. I didn't like it at all, actually. Why? If he's cha- well, first of all, I just Again, didn't like keeping, it because I like my role of just saying <laughs> incredulous <laughs> wise. Um, I don't think the Jets are that close. Um, I really like Matt Forte as a player. I really wish he went to the Packers. I, I do. I think he has a chance for better fantasy success in New York, though. So that's why I'm excited about it. I was a lot more excited until they re-signed Bilal Powell and added Kyrie Robinson. That's just going to keep Forte fresh. And they got Kyrie Robinson probably to be the goal line back because while Matt Forte has had a tremendous career and he is a fantastic running back, he has never been excellent a goal line guy. at goal line and short yardage. Right. But, so know, they got role players, but they, they didn't go get Forte for that money to have him you know, be in a total committee. I agree. I, hope I think so. he'll be the number one. I, I mean, I, I assume he'll be the number one, but you know, how often are they going to bring in Bilal Powell on third downs? I know, I know Forte can catch the ball. Obviously, he's very good at that. Catch the but, ball better than Bilal Powell, too. But they've got Bilal Powell there, so how often is he going to get on the field? And then if they are using Kyrie Robinson as the goal line guy, you know, that means you're looking at Forte trying to score from 20 yards out. That's been his whole know? career, well, and he's I, been fine with that. Well, can I, can I say He also this, hasn't though? been 30 years old in a new offense. <laughs> That's also a good point. <laughs> 
Um, I will say this, though. I, I think Matt Forte is going to get a lot of work. I think the Kyrie Robinson signing was more of an insurance policy. Yeah. If Matt Forte gets hurt, then it becomes very clear, right? That it's a committee between right. Robinson and Powell. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because I think Matt Forte brings the skill sets. Uh, he doesn't need to come off the field. No. But, again, as you mentioned, 30 years old, blah, blah, blah. So, fourth round? Fifth round? You're going to have to get him higher than that. I think so. I think so. Then, not that I'd pay the price, then but I'm I think not so. getting Matt Forte. <laughs> I, you know what though? He might be. A, he, he he'll be around the fourth. No, I'm I'm gonna guess he goes in the third. These he's gonna be like where Frank Gore climbed to this offseason because yes, he's a veteran, but he's a proven veteran. Right, he really doesn't have an injury history in a good offense. And the, what 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 other running backs are gonna go ahead of him? By the time you're sitting in the third round, you're gonna be like, wow, I can have Matt Forte as like a low end RB one or my RB two, and you'll be okay, like, yeah, so I feel great ne- about that. Next question. Though. Yes. Does the Jets' quarterback situation change how you feel about Matt Forte? Uh, With Ryan Fitzpatrick right now kind of hanging out in limbo. <laughs> and you know, RG3 throwing a Matt Forte? You know, if Who's in? If it's Geno Smith some? all of a sudden that takes over the quarterback spot, or if they go out, you know, I mean, who knows? Hey, if they if they somehow swing a deal for Colin Kaepernick or something like that, does that change how you feel? Who wants some of that? A little bit, certainly. Who I mean, wants some of that? I want some of that. Why not? It would I, it might me might make me feel a little more queasy about it, but <laughs> change his touches. And uh, the one thing I like about it too is that it's Chan Gailey running the offense, and uh, Gailey was the coordinator when uh, C.J. Spiller had his remarkable year catching passes out of the backfield, running between the tackles for the Bills. Uh, if you guys remember way back to 2012, that that one that one beautiful year where C.J. Spiller was a thing would actually put it together. Yep. So that could uh, that could bode well for Forte's skill set. I like it. I mean, I, I like the move from a fantasy perspective. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, and, I, and again, it's more for me. It's kind of like I can't really divorce myself of Matt Forte, the player. Like I, I like I like him as a player. I really want to see him succeed. I don't want to see it like a Ladanian Tomlinson type situation where he goes there and it's clear he's not the same guy and they're really not Tomlinson going anywhere. Crushed his first year with the Jets, though. I wouldn't say he crushed. He played well. He played very well. He played well. I mean, and they got into the postseason. That was fine. That's that was fun. But they weren't really a title contender. I guess I'd, I'd just like to see Matt Forte. They were like that. two plays away from going to the Super Bowl that year. <sighs> what do you mean they weren't a title contender? I, I think about Mark Sanchez as a quarterback. And I'm like, All right. this, he can't win a championship, can he? First it's year, Ladini Zalmanson's first year in New York, for the record. Yes. 914 yards, six touchdowns. Rushing yards and six touchdowns. Okay. Had another 368 receiving. So, so almost, almost, almost 1,300 1300? yards. Yeah. 1,300 yards? Almost 1,300 yards. Did he have any uh, uh, recept- receiving touchdowns? No. Okay, so 1,306 Six touchdowns. That's pretty good. No, it's like, I mean, for when he was like 31, people were like, ew, he's going to the Jets. And he, you know, he put up probably like an RB2, RB2 workload there, so. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, we'll stay with the Jets, uh, kind of. Chris Ivory goes from the Jets down to the Jaguars. <laughs> and DJ yelled in, like, dynasty owners must be like, why, dude? Why? Why they, is this happening? They are still crying in bed right now. <laughs> it's basically Listening like, to Adele. I feel like it's like the Jaguars. You know, I, I mean, if I didn't know better, I would think the Jaguars called me and I told them, look, man, I think TJ Yeldon, he's nice. He's fine. He's about at his ceiling. And then they went out and they got another running back. Are either one of these guys, um, I think I, I think drafters will take TJ Yeldon first. Yeah, because I think he'll be the lead running back there. And I also think, you know, drafters will like the upside. Um, but man, I, it's hard for me to to get behind either one of those guys. It's hard. Yeah, it seems like a true fifty fifty. 
I really I have no idea what to make about it right now, and it upsets me. Because, <laughs> you know, I liked Chris Ivory, and uh, I haven't dove into TJ Eldon as deeply as Marcus did yet this offseason, but thought there were thoughts there that he could maybe be taking in the next step this year, and now it's just like, no. Nope. 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 I will avoid. I will avoid. The, yeah. the, the, the range where I would maybe take one of those guys is like, you know, when you're getting to, to round eight or nine. Territory. Oh, yeah. And they're probably going to be gone by then, so. No, I think they'll be there. I think they'll be. I think they'll both be there. We'll see. Chris Ivory will. I, I'll tell you this. I, Chris Ivory will definitely be there. I don't know, man. He got those stacks for these first two years, though. They might be trying to give him the ball. I don't disagree. I'm just. I'm just predicting what drafters will do. Uh, and I think Chris Ivory, not being quite as big of a name, I think he will definitely be there in round eight. Definitely, unless unless you're drafting with Alex Gilhar. <laughs> Obviously, he's not on the uh, Chris Ivory train anymore. No, so. it makes me sad. Yeah, it does. I, just, right. I stepped off the train, and I'm watching the, the plume of smoke, you know, drift off over the horizon. <laughs> you know? Dwayne Allen had, like, negative six catches last year. That's rude. Settle for, down. like, 56 yards. Settle down. Got signed for a huge contract. Settle down. Four years, almost $30 million. Uh, But he's the clear-cut number one guy now that Kobe Fleener has left Indianapolis. Uh, how do we feel about the move? See, the thing about Dwayne Allen is he's good. He's good at football. <laughs> so I, I love the move now that he's getting a chance to be a featured tight end because he yeah. and Kobe Fleener were each other's worst enemy there, splitting snaps and targets. And now Allen last year was asked to block so much because their quarterbacks were just getting you know crushed Murdered. on a, right. on a weekly basis. Yep. So now you know Chud Chud's there. Rod Chudzinski's the offensive coordinator, former tight ends coach, former tight end himself. He's the one that assured Dwayne Allen he would be getting used more in the offense. I like it. Uh, I like it too. I mean. I think the conventional wisdom a couple months ago had been that Dwayne Allen was going to have to leave Indianapolis in order to have any kind of uh, relevance, any kind of fantasy relevance. But yeah. with Kobe Fleener leaving, it did kind of change things. So, you know, now, Rob Chudzinski, if you are listening to this podcast, because we know you're a frequent listener. Here, of course. Um, we're going to hold you to it. <laughs> you're saying that Dwayne Allen is going to be a bigger part of the offense. We're going to hold you to this. You're on the hook, bro. <laughs> Uh, by the way, otherwise the, we're going to start uh, an angry letter writing campaign. First of all, <laughs> but what is he really on the hook for? Legit, le- like legit stats. Okay, like if he's more of a part of an offense, that means he will have more than sixteen receptions next year. Yes, that, that, was, that, was that would be that would be a true that would be a true. Yes, we're going to utilize him more. So now he's got twenty four receptions. Uh, wait, hold on. I, I mean, look. you want you want an honest stat projection of what we should hope for and expect from him? Yes. I would think. He- I'm d- no, all I'm saying is that last year, Dwayne Allen had six. Throw out last year. <laughs> wow, great one year. Do you know that the season where Dwayne Allen lost his enti- almost his entire season to injury, he only had one catch that year. I mean, okay, so between <laughs> how's he ever going to build on that? Between Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, the okay. top two tight ends on the roster. Yes, they had to combine 113 targets. That's pretty uh, good. Uh, if I'm doing my math right, all right, that's pretty cer- good. Which is certainly not you know. That's a, nothing to say. Guaranteed. Um, Let's say he gets ninety looks. I mean, look, I, I would think yes, if he can get ninety, I think we're cool with that. And let's also remember, Andrew Luck hopefully is back for a sixteen-game season. Right, and Andrew Luck like throwing it to Dwayne Allen. Back yeah, so I mean, you know, hopefully it's not you know. Well, Matt Hasselbeck is retired. Uh, Clipboard Jesus, I don't think is there anymore. Um, you know, Josh Freeman has been released to the wild. <laughs> he'll be back. Uh, I mean, he'll be back at some point, like in week, you know, in week fourteen, somebody will need a quarterback. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, he'll be back. Josh Freeman is the new Vince Evans. <laughs> um, so look it up, kids. Um, you know, I think I think things will be better. I'm okay. I'm excited about Dwayne Allen. 
Well, I am excited too. All right, give, can I get a quick stat projection? Like, what are we thinking here? Like 55 to 65 catches? I would guess more in the 60 to 70 range. See him getting about that 800 yards, and then touchdowns are finicky, but right. you know, maybe six to eight scores. So okay. he's, he's going to be in that solid TE1 range. And you're you're going to be able to get him in double digit rounds for sure. So it's yes. it's not bad. Look, I, I make I make fun of the move. That's fine. I mean, I think from a salary cap perspective, I think it's terrible. But it's but from a offensive standpoint, I thought James I, I, became a capologist. That, that, sounds, <laughs> last that sounds like a them problem and not a me problem. That's exactly right. Yeah. What does Marcus want? <laughs> who, who cares? What does Marcus who cares how want? they spend their money? This exactly. Give Dwayne Allen a damn ball. Uh, I thought this was interesting though. Ben Watson to the Ravens. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I've been a fan of most of these moves. I, there's some I don't like. We'll get to. But the thing is, uh, my boy Crockett Gilmore had two shoulder surgeries this offseason. Okay. Max Williams is but still But what about young. Max Williams? It takes tight ends time to adjust to the game. Most okay. can't, most never – not very few ever do it in the first year. And right. It's still the second year. Uh, they got to bulk up. they got to get better blocking, learn the right. nuance. Like, Watson is a veteran. He's going to be able to come into that offense and be the guy that they need as, like, the stopgap for a year, maybe two, until Williams, you know, gets it going and realizes potential. And then if Williams does pick it up, they've got a dangerous two tight end set. Um, Is Dennis Pitta officially off the roster? No, No. but, I mean, I think he will be soon because the poor guy is just unlucky with injuries. But quick about that offense is last year, Flacco, his tight ends were like a carousel because Gilmore was hurt. Uh, Boyle was suspended, right. who was suspended again, and Williams was hurt for times. But he targeted his tight ends 118 times last year. That number jumps to 174 if you take all of Kyle Uchik's targets, who was basically like a tight end for them at towards the <laughs> end of the year. But so you figure some of those slide over. Like that's a big piece of the passing game pie. Yeah, with you know an awesome but aging Steve Smith coming off an Achilles injury, uh, Bernard Brashard Perriman who hasn't taken a snap on the field, nope. and hopefully Kamari Aiken's still there. But like. This is a good chance for Watson to come in and be a big part of this offense, especially in the red zone. Hmm. Oh, by the way, yes. back up real quick. We were talking about the Colts and their quarterback situation. Yes. I failed to mention that uh, they just signed Scott Tolzien. So. Get excited. So it's all it's all good. It's all good there now. Everything's fine. <laughs> you're set. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> if Andrew Luck gets hurt, you're set. Scott Tolzien is there. And hey, don't you remember Scott Tolzien's spin move against the Vikings it's a couple all good. years ago? He's ready. Yeah. He's good. We're good to go. We're Championship. Good. That's on tape. Tape don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned it briefly. Antonio Gates to the Chargers. <clears throat> that's good. Just oh, we, we know what that is. We it's yeah. good. It's good. It's good. Uh, Philip Rivers loves Gates. Absolutely loves him. I think he named one of his kids Antonio Gates. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. If not, he might have another one soon that he's <laughs> Antonio Gates. <laughs> Child number ten uh, for Philip Rivers. No, but uh, Mohamed Sanu to the Falcons. Um, I was. I thought it was okay. I wasn't that excited about it. Not um, an exciting move. I it's mean, they needed a burner on the outside, and Muhammad Sanu is not that guy. It's not what he is. It doesn't make sense. Uh, this is from Scott Barrett on Twitter. Uh, Sanu played 87.6% of his snaps in the slot last year. That's the second highest. And uh, like you said, they needed a burner outside. They needed a younger Roddy White. They needed somebody who could stretch the field, run those routes. But that's not what Sanu is. And they no. have Justin Hardy, who already played almost 70% of his snaps in the slot last year. So either they think they can push Sanu outside – and have I think him be they that think. Guy. I think they think they can push Hardy to the outside. I don't He's know. Got that's speed. my see, That's my belief is that they think they can push Hardy to the outside. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I'm not excited about it. Like, um, they needed somebody that could legitimately occupy defenses away from Julio Jones, right? And that's not the case with Sanu. I think. I think the best description I saw of that signing, uh, Sam Monson, PFF Sam on Twitter, 
uh, he compared the Sanu signing to an in-app purchase by a toddler because parent controls weren't switched on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was pretty great. Um, That's pretty good. I yeah. thought I, I really wanted Travis Benjamin to go down there. That was what I was hoping and praying for, so but, uh, uh, it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. I was, I'm surprised by that. All right, Brian, quick to the Rams. Who cares? Uh, Bilal Pal. Come Kyrie on. Robinson. Brian Quick buoyed my dynasty league team a couple seasons ago. Like, no. Or three weeks or whatever. No. I stop. I said once to Alex Gelhar, and I quote, everything was going fine for my dynasty team until Brian Quick got hurt. Oh, boy. Look, the thing is, Quick was looking to be on the verge of putting it all together, but he had a near career-threatening shoulder injury that took away basically all of 2015. This is one of those prove-it deals, So, because, you know, it's like a one-year, yeah. $1.75 million contract right. or whatever. So this is the kind of thing where guys always get those, and you hope he has, like, a Michael Crabtree-like big year on his one-year prove-it deal. But okay. he's in Los Angeles now with – which is lining up to have Case Keenum be the starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think I think we're past the point, yeah, guys, of throwing a 15, 15th-round flyer at Brian Quick. I think so. Until, until Take him off your board, folks. Over. Let's just leave him on the board and the, leave him in the draft pool until, you know, maybe waiver wire pick him up. Yeah, Rashard Matthews to the Titans, uh, also a waiver wire guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a, quite a few um, receivers there. Uh, he'll be in the mix, but he'll be he'll be on the waiver wire for sure uh, come draft season. There's no doubt about it. I did want to talk about two under-the-radar moves. Sure. Look, we talk about uh, these offensive players. There's no question, okay? Um, sometimes I, I see a move, and my fantasy radar starts going crazy. Um, and it's not obvious. It's kind of next-level thought process here. But Alex Mack to, to, to Atlanta I thought was a real undercover good fantasy move because, first of all, they need help. Alex Max a pro bowler. Um, I think he's going to bring a lot of stability to that line. If if this team wants to run the ball more, this is a step in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. He's going to give you good protection, um, and I think it'll help Matt Ryan stay upright. He's obviously a pretty statuesque guy, but if he gets a clean pocket and he can release, he can fire that ball. Um, I think Alex Mack to to Atlanta uh, improves their offense considerably. I, I I would love to, you know, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman will see their stock rise as well. Um, but I I think it just helps Matt Ryan. I I do, and I, and I get last couple seasons he wasn't too fantasy relevant. Maybe a spot start here and there, but um, he's one of those guys that I, I've kind of circled now. Uh, second year in that offense, um, I think he can have a little mini breakout, uh, Matt Ryan. I, I'm surprised you think that a, the signing of a center is boosting this much for Matt Ryan because, like, center, you know, it can it would certainly help, but it's not the it's not the one that's moving around the much or taking on the huge pass, pass rushers that are really the ones that were taking down Matt Ryan. Plus, we know who Matt Ryan is. I don't want to draft him. But, like, <laughs> I mean, it's – I think he'll see a little renaissance, I'm telling you. Sure. It's throwing to Muhammad Sanu? <laughs> Uh, like it's it sure is nice. Like Alex Mack is a very good player, but like it, it's happened before where teams have got like center is is an important piece of the offensive line, especially for like calling and assigning protections. That's Mack, where it which, is with Mack. That's Mack where it's great at. Yes, but like you know we've seen older guys like when I'm thinking about when Jeff Saturday went to the Packers and everybody was like, love it. This is gonna make their line so much better. Saturday got benched by the end of the year, and now Saturday was more in the twilight of his career than Mack is. Absolutely. But like, what Matt Ryan needed more so was, you know, other pieces around him in the passing game and probably at tackle. Uh, Jake Matthews is a good piece, but I, they'll address that in the draft too. We shall see. But I, I, I that didn't 
Didn't move the needle for me, Alex Mack going to I got excited, Atlanta. Man. I got excited for absolutely no reason. I love that center. <laughs> I love that center signings are getting your juices flowing. I'm a fr- I'm a freak, man. I don't know, dude. Look, I, it got me excited for absolutely. I agree, it's for absolutely no reason. But I got excited. Um, I will say this, and I think this does make a heck of a lot more sense. The Jags added a lot of really good defensive players. Obviously, they threw the 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 Brinks truck at Malik Jackson, but they signed Tayshawn Gibson away from uh, Cleveland. And then today, was it today or was it yesterday? Late, late, yes, late yesterday. What, either way, they got Prince of Mukamara as well. It's today. today. It was like it was like the reports came out last night, but they officially signed him today. That's what I was trying to figure out. So between Malik Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson, and, and, and Prince of Mukamara, uh, you think about Cinderic Marks getting healthy possibly, you would hope. They get Dante, Dante Fowler Fowler's back. Dante Fowler's back. This they, is a defense that's going to be – got a top five pick in the draft. I'm telling you, this defense is going to be a lot – better next year now why does that get my fantasy radar up i don't i'm not really thinking about the jags defenses you know what you know how it impacts their fan okay maybe fine but really what i think about is when a defense gets significantly better what you'll tend to see sometimes is that the offense at least from a stats standpoint will take a little bit of a a backseat um or at least more of a backseat is what i should say i i think blake bortles with the defense being as good as it is i think blake bortles will not be able to replicate uh what he put together last season because they were playing from behind so often and they were throwing that ball so often um i just i look at the the the, the defensive signings and they're all really good players by the way mm-hmm. um and I, and i just think they're going to be a little bit more conservative in their offensive approach next year uh, have you seen their running backs? I thought we just talked about that. Um, Not great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I think that kind of limits the conservatism that they may have on offense. Um, I, look, I, I thought last year, I, I look at this strictly from a fantasy defense sort of perspective, and I, okay. I thought last year that maybe the Jaguars could be kind of a deep sleeper defense. It didn't happen, but I think adding these pieces – uh, if Fowler can can come back and, and be productive and yeah. be healthy, if Derek Marks can come back and be productive, yeah. I think they, they certainly have that opportunity. I mean, I still think Blake Bortles is going to throw soul-crushing picks, which is going to put the defense in bad positions <laughs> and force them to you know have to come from behind a few he, times. He is, <laughs> he is the reigning Mark Bulger Award winner. He is, he is the forget. reigning oh, Mark Bulger. Right. He did win the Mark Bulger that's Award. Right. Which for those that's official? For those who don't remember, official. Marcus, would you uh, define what the Mark Bulger Award is? It is award? the fantasy quarterback who succeeds in spite of himself. So uh, Blake Bortles was a top 10 fantasy quarterback despite leading the world in interceptions. And that's not even to uh, to take into account the five fumbles he lost. So 23 turnovers Whoa. altogether for Blake Bortles. Whoa. He was still the QB4. How many of those were in the red zone and how many of those also were pick sixes? Uh, you know, that's a, a good question. I, probably a few. Um, a you know, lot. I, I didn't go back and take that into account, but just the fact that he turned the ball over as much as he did, still threw for 4,400 yards and 35 touchdowns. Yeah, he went crazy. Ran for 300 yards and two scores. Yeah. Was the fourth quarterback. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of he ran away with that. Award. Those are those are two under-the-radar kind of things that, that got my fantasy uh, juices flowing a little bit. I, again, I just don't think Blake Bortles is going to be able to repeat. Um, uh, you know, and, and I think Alan Hearns too uh, should be on high alert. Robinson's such a stud, man. It's going to be hard for him not to. Well, I don't know. Fifteen touchdowns is a heck of a lot, right? So, but he'll get there. He'll he'll push it. He'll push double digits. He'll still get the yardage. He'll yeah. still be there. Uh, but those other guys, uh, I I think folks are going to invest in the Jags a little too heavily. Come next year, we shall see. 
We shall see. All right, there you go. Your free agency frenzy edition. Whew, that was fun. Of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Are we doing daily daps? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to. Well, of course. They're daily. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily. Daps and hook. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps. All right, daily dap time. MG Marcus Grant, what you got? Uh, I'm going to daily dap the month of March. Um, simply because it is it is one of the greatest sporting months of the year. Uh, you know, we've got spring training baseball going on. Obviously, we've talked a lot about free agency in, in football and the like. Uh, actually, I will be down in Arizona next week. Hello. My yearly spring training trip is going to be great. But we also have college basketball heating up. Yeah, and buddy. there's just always that excitement around the tournament. And uh, today, if you weren't watching, there was just a bonkers game in the AAC tournament. Uh, you know, formerly known as the Big East, until they, you know, kind of <laughs> they do that? shuffled things around, and so now it's the. What, How did they do what is it, that? The, the American Athletic Conference, I believe, I is what it stands I, for. I Quick know. aside: as somebody so who stupid. who went to a university in the Big East during its like basketball peak, almost mm-hmm. man, were Big East tournaments fun back in the yeah. day when you had Nova and Q's, absolutely, UConn, yeah. and you know, what school did you go to? Marquette. Oh, okay. But uh, today was UConn v. Cincinnati in the AAC tournament. Bananas. Four overtimes. Not only is I mean, that's bananas on its own, but how it got to the fourth overtime. Right. If you haven't seen it, you, will, you won't be able to miss this. It was all over Twitter. You will see it on every highlight show you yeah. watch tonight. It's amazing. Uh, Cincinnati hits a three with .8 seconds remaining at the end of the third overtime. Looks like they're going to get out with a win. Right. And, and UConn then, hits a three-quarter court shot as the as the clock expires, as the buzzer sounds. They inbounded it with .8 seconds. Yes, and just a heave. From three-quarter court. Yeah. yeah. And in. And in. Off the backboard. Delicious. And to, go to, to go to the fourth overtime, and then UConn ends up winning the game in four overtimes. I tell you, man, that's Steph Curry. He's terrible for basketball. He's ruining everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's, ru- He's ruining He's it. messing it up. He's you, destroying you the game. Side, did you see that story, James? Uh, I've it's heard somebody, of this. Yeah, there's yeah, there's okay. been the talk that he's, he's no. I've heard of it. Basketball. It's it's been and it's been going. It's like it's the Jordan effect. Like you know, did Jordan ruin basketball for for a decade? He may have. He really. May, I mean, we we wouldn't have been subjected to Stephon Marbury and and Steve Francis uh, going one on one on five yeah. and thinking they could win. You know, like we wouldn't have been subjected to that. I think we're in a great golden age of, of basketball right now because there's a lot of sharing. But I get the argument though that Steph Curry is. I, I at least get it. That's ludicrous. I don't ne- I don't necessarily agree, but you know, guys taking you know thirty five foot J's like you know. Uh, yeah, well, then you got six foot eight LeBron who can jump fifty inches. Like that's not <laughs> fair either. <laughs> I, okay, look, I mean, just because just because one guy's a freak of nature and the other had to work is, hard at his craft doesn't. No, no, no. It's like, not that, but it's it's his influence on the game, right? So like now teams feel like, well, let's just chuck up fifty threes a game because that's how you win. Well, you know it's what? Not. It's like it's like the cam effect too, though. You don't want him to make threes. Get in his face at fifty feet. Then like don't let guard, him, don't guard, let him, guard him out there. Look, Steph's range is when he steps on the court. Don't I agree. Hate. No, uh, no. I mean, but it's, not, it's 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 I the like same. Stuff. It's the same argument though. That's always every generation. First, it was you know Kareem Abdul or Luau Cinder and Wilt Chamberlain because they were so dominant that you know they changed the rules for those guys. And you know Steph has kind of become the latest incarnation of that. Yeah, he bends the defense. There's but, no question. Uh, about but anyway, that. my daily dab goes to the month of March because uh, it's getting off to a pretty good start. Um, Alex Gelhar. Uh, two daily daps. One. Yesterday, the latest trailer for Captain America's Civil War came out. It did come out. Oh, my God. It was awesome. Just, just Go take my watch money. it if you haven't it's seen great. it. Uh, I can't it's great. wait. It, uh, it looks amazing. Um, it's gonna, it's like 
I'm going to call you guys out, though. Why? Can I call you guys out? On what? I'm going to do it right now. Uh-oh. Go for it. Here's the thing. You guys have been deriding Dawn of Justice. Because it looks terrible. Oh, hold de-riding on. Deriding it. I know exactly what you're trying and to you, do. What you're sa- and and what, I roasted and, Rank when we had this And you guys yesterday. were talking about how it looks like every single DC character is going to be it. And and then you look at Civil War, and it's like 40 James, characters. Here's the thing. This is exactly what I was just going to say when you cut me off, though. Dawn of Justice, there's other than Batman and Superman in there, there is no reason to ramrod those other people in there. What's happening in Civil War is the payoff of the emotional arc that they have built over several films. Yes. Like, they have actually constructed those movies and the overall narrative to get to this point. So while, yes, there are a crazy amount of characters, it's like... It's like Harper. I had a friend ask me. He's like, he's like, are you Team Cap or Team Iron Man? I was like, I don't want to choose. <laughs> but uh, it th- that's the difference. Is this is the emotional payoff? It, there's logic behind it. They they established it. They set it up. They didn't like the analogy I used in the podcast earlier. They didn't just throw their box of action figures on the floor and say this will be great. Like they have built up to this point, and it's they look to be executing it very well in the movie. We'll see. We'll see. I I don't know. Uh... There's a big difference between what they have done and Batman versus Superman. Because what 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 the Marvel Universe did was they did all the standalone movies and built up to the Avengers. They, Which was they, cool. They made sense of why the Avengers were formed. Like, right. wow, there is something out there that we need the collective power of all these sure. guys to defend. And now we're seeing it break apart after it got too powerful. Batman versus Superman is just like, oh, wow, I guess we'll throw in Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And I think I've heard there's somebody else in there, too, yet. So, <laughs> like, there's there's no understanding. It's like, wait, where did you all come from? And maybe they make that a little more clear in the movie. From what I've heard, they don't. So so there you go. He's a Marvel uh, guy. My other one. Yes. Look, I love a lot of DC, too. I would love for it to be better, but the fact that they're doing it this way makes me mad. It does. Uh, my other daily dap goes to uh, Roger Deakins. I was actually, the quick aside, I was going through my, my likes on Twitter to try and find the when Harmon got crying Jordan because he like was apparently on his run to the gym today and it started raining. So he was all like posted a sad tweet about it. So I had to <laughs> crying Jordan him for that. But I stumbled onto something I'd, I'd liked to, to watch later, which is what I do a bunch of times. And it was a, a video essay on how Roger Deakins, cinematographer, used the landscapes in Sicario mm. to convey the moods and the themes. And I love Roger Deakins. He's been nominated for an Oscar 14 times, for those of you who don't know. Has never won. He shot some of the most beautiful movies out there. I tweeted out that video earlier, and I also tweeted out a really good essay from another cinematographer about how he composed the shots in Prisoners, which was a really underrated movie you should all go watch from a year or two ago as well. But just daily adapt to Roger Deakins because few people are able to do as much with the cinematography and, and a frame and composing a frame to, you know, move the story along and convey all the themes and emotions in a given scene than Roger Deakins. He is simply one of the best and I love him. So daily dab. All right, there you go. Uh, mine's going to be short and sweet. Uh, WrestleMania right around the corner. Um, I also realized that this month of March in 2016 is 316. Oh! Oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> uh, Stone, That's good. Stone Cold Steve Austin was my, was my favorite WWF character. I mean, I had the Austin 316 shirt. Uh, I started drinking Coors Light in college because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I mean, awesome. the whole deal, man. The whole deal. Uh, Wait, we- Stone, Stone Cold is your favorite uh, World Wildlife Foundation? <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse. I refuse to adapt to the time. <laughs> I, I had a roommate once who was a huge Stone Cold fan, and when he left the company, um, 
This the, guy sat around the, the, the company of your your friendship. Like yes, when he le- when he left the uh, when he left you know, the the circuit or whatever, uh, my roommate sat around the apartment moping for like an entire month. Oh, like, when Stone Cold <laughs> left, I thought you meant when your roommate left. Oh no, no when Stone Cold left, Stone Cold left left the company. Yeah, uh, yeah, my roommate just sat there moping on the couch for an entire month. Like I would come home from work and he would just be like sadly, silently sitting on the couch staring at the television. I'm like. That is so. Sad. I love, dude. You got to get it's over this. I love. I love how invested wrestling fans are. It's really great. They're a really like impassioned and like smart fan base of their own product. I was because I lived with a guy that was a big wrestling fan before I lived with Harmon, and uh, I don't know how follow, closely you follow it these days. Uh, I don't James, follow but, it at all. Well, there was at this. All. There was this trio of guys called the Shield, and they okay. were just like wrecking stuff on the WWE. And there were rumors that they were one. One of them was going to turn basically and go work for the the authority for the WWE. And when that happened, it was so funny to watch my friend Pete because he was like, no, not like this. He was like sitting on our couch, <laughs> watching Raw, hands on his head, like yelling at the TV. I was like, this is incredible, man. This is incredible. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, but uh, but I think about some of the uh, the all-time great rivalries he had. Of course, uh, the, the, the rivalry he had with The Rock comes to mind, one of the great feuds in the WWE. But I thought one of the mo- more underrated ones, uh, that he had was uh, was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Booker T. His uh, his uh, fight in the supermarket with Booker T. Yeah, he tweeted that out before. Or no, it was, was like a panic room or something. Was one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed on television. It was so silly. It's, it's so great. stupid. But yes, I will. I like it. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, but yes, so daily dap to Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. WrestleMania right around the corner. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. But we will be back on Tuesday. For another NFL Fantasy Life podcast, you've been listening, and thanks for uh, subscribing, liking, commenting. Find us on iTunes. For Alex Gale, Hardmarks, Grant, I'm James Gell. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.